Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower, helping teenagers to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host, Carol Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. Today, I have Adrian Grant, who is an entertainment and media producer. I've always admired Adrian's drive and ambition over the years. He has worked in the entertainment and media industry for over 30 years, creating stage shows, film and digital content, constantly pushing the boundaries and making, making an impact. Adrian has such an interesting journey and I know you will enjoy his story. Welcome Adrian, how are you doing today? Hi Carol, great thank you, uh, good to be with you. Oh great, um, it's such an honour to have you because I, I know you're really busy so I, I really really appreciate your time. Um, and just to kind of give you an overview of, um, of the show, I'm just going to obviously talk about your childhood, your education, your career journey, sort of well-being, spirituality and obviously offer any advice or tips to our our listeners along the way. Sure, so let, let's just kick off. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your childhood? My childhood. So, so many years ago, what can I remember? <laughs> um, I remember being quite, you know, quite a happy child and, um, you know, we had a Caribbean family, parents are both from Barbados and um, Dad worked hard, mum worked hard, she was a nurse, dad was a mechanic, both worked hard and uh, remember kind of like enjoying school, uh, had lots of friends at school, worked hard at school, enjoyed the subjects um, and yeah, they, they, were, they were good times. We travelled a lot, I think we were quite fortunate to travel a lot um, with mum and dad, um, you know, Caribbean, America, um, all over Europe. And I think travel is really important because it opens your eyes to different cultures. Yes. And uh, I think that was really um, influential when I was young to, to show me different parts of the world and mm -hmm. so forth. So, yeah, childhood was good. One, one brother and uh, we, got, we got along fine. <laughs> we weren't fighting or anything like that. So, yeah, it was, it was a stable kind of like childhood. Um, and, yeah, I, I look back on it fondly. Great. That's, that's fantastic. So, I mean, and that's such a special thing to say because obviously many people, um, don't have great childhood so that's that's a you know that's empowering in itself um what was your greatest challenge during those years and how did you overcome it and transform your 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 mindset um challenges i think we grew up in in in, in bracknell and went to school then we went to reading after that and the, the school where i kind of like um went to was predominantly a white school i think it was only like three black kids right. um, at, at my school. And I really became aware of it when Roots first came on TV back in the late um, 70s, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like really made me aware of differences. Um, and racism was quite rife back then. It was quite in your face. Yes. And um, with in heads in the National Front and so forth. Mm -hmm. When Roots came on, it kind of like, kind of like empowered me somewhat to tell a story of where we, you know, our ancestors from Africa and so forth. And it made me really explore um, my, my race and my culture even more so. And I think that's what's really driven me ever since um, going forward because my whole ethos is about everyone, every, all races getting along as one. Great. And uh, from that, I kind of like got inspired by Martin Luther King and reading, and reading his messages, reading his story, reading his journey. 
-hmm. And I really wanted to make a change from that point on. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the first things that I tackled when I broke into the media was trying to create a, a difference um, in how people were perceived um, of different cultures. Great, that's, that's so powerful. How would you, what advice would you give to anyone that's sort of suffering with self-image? Um, yeah, who's suffering with self-image, sort of looking at themselves and say, you know, maybe, I know they're dealing with racism at the moment or they're not quite sure who they are. Is, are there any tips that you can give them? I think it's um, I think it's really difficult for young people now with uh, surrounded by social media all the time, and you know constantly being compared to other other kids, other teenagers, um, constantly surrounded by news, um, a fast moving environment. We didn't have that when we were younger, but still, what we had was you know we had peers, we had groups, we had other kids older than us that we had to you know that were kind of like um, looking up to them. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is just to be yourself, um, mm. to be your best self. Um, I have a message on my phone which inspires me every day, which um, says, you know, keep calm and speak from the heart. And that's mm. pretty much what this podcast is about, speaking from the heart that's and being your genuine self. Yes. And I think that um, all we can do is be ourselves because we're all unique, we're all different. Mm. We don't have to fit into this group, that group, or, you know, be the best you can be Yes. And, um, and you'll go a long way with that, you know, with that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that, Adrian. Um, do you have any advice to our listeners who do not know what they want to do when they leave school? Or they're like getting pressure from loved ones who have different visions uh, to theirs? Yeah, it can be, it can be tough. I remember my mum telling me to um, get a normal job. When <laughs> I was trying to get into the um, entertainment and media industry. Um, when I left college, I must have sent out a hundred uh, different letters to companies looking for employment, record companies, um, TV companies and publishers, trying to get a job in the, um, in the industry. And, you know, all of them said no, rejected me. And that was a real knockback at the time. Um, but those knockbacks inspired me to create my own kind of like um, projects, my own work. I thought if nobody's going to give me an opportunity, I'll create my own um, route into the industry. So when I was 18, I created um, a, a magazine. I got a loan from the Princess uh, Trust for 1,500 pounds. Wow. Um, I bought a desktop um, computer and some uh, publishing software and created a fanzine for Michael Jackson. Um, this was back in 1988 now. <laughs> uh, at the time, um, what, what kind of led to that was um, there was a fanzine for Prince being sold in Tower Records called Controversy. And I found out I was a fan of Prince and the wow. controversy magazine was selling 3,000 copies every quarter. And I thought, well, if Prince can sell 3,000 copies, maybe Michael Jackson could sell like double that. Yeah, of course. Michael didn't have a magazine and he was massive back in you know, 1988. He was massive at the time. He was like a megastar. Mm -hmm. And um, so I wrote to Sony Records, his record label, and said, you know, would I be able to start a Michael Jackson fanzine? And they said, yes. So I, I printed the first one, 200 copies. I didn't really know what I was doing. It was kind of pretty much trial and error. Um, there were lots of mistakes. It wasn't that great. But I printed the 200 copies and they all sold out. We didn't have the internet back then. I sold them by mail order. Incredible. And so they all sold out. And then three months later, did issue two, uh, printed 500 copies. They all sold out. It was getting slightly better. Um, I sent the magazine over to Michael Jackson's uh, management company. And they wrote back and said, Michael loves your magazine. 
and I thought, wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, by now, I had distribution in Virgin Megastore and Tower Records. We got up to about a thousand copies by issue four. And uh, a year, two years later, I got invited out to Los Angeles to meet Michael Jackson. Wow, gosh, amazing. He was on the um, Dangerous album at the time. So I went over to Los Angeles, went to the recording studio, and I didn't know what to expect. You know, Michael Jackson was this huge um, megastar, and I was just this chap from Reading printing this, um, this fan. <laughs> Incredible. And, uh, he walked into the studio, and he was wearing a black fedora, and he was singing a cappella. He sounded amazing. And uh, he walked in, and he looked like he'd just come from the video set. And um, he came into the room, into the studio, and he said, hi, Adrian, thanks for the magazine. And I thanked him for being Michael Jackson. And um, we got on really well. I mean, he was really down to earth. Despite all the stories you may hear, he was really down to earth. And um, he made me feel very welcome. And um, I spent the whole day in the studio with him. He played me some songs from the album, which nobody had heard. And I said, could I take some pictures of you for my magazine? And um, his PR manager said, no, you can't take any pictures. And Michael said, no, it's fine. You can take pictures. So I took some pictures, which ended up on the front cover of the magazine. I interviewed him. And then at the end of the day, he said, um, would you like to come back to the, my ranch, Neverland, for lunch at the weekend? And I was like, wow. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that, that weekend, I went to Michael's ranch and um, I was driven out two hours outside of uh, Los Angeles to a place called um, Santiena's, where Michael's ranch was. And um, we drove through these massive gates, went around this long, winding kind of like drive, and I saw like mountains in the background. And then literally with well, those two chimpanzees rolling around in the grass, there were flamingos, there were giraffes. Wow. And I told the um, security guard who was taking me to the main house, um, this isn't reality. And he said, well, it's reality for Michael Jackson. This is what he wakes up to every single day. Mm. Uh, and it was at that point, it made me realize since the age of 11, Michael Jackson had been a superstar. He, you know, he had number one of his brothers, the Jackson Five, at the age of 11 with I Want You Back. Yes. And uh, yes. ever since that age, he'd been in a position where he could pretty much have what he wanted. And Neverland was something that he had created. And it was a most magical, fantastic, beautiful place. And to this day, it's the most memorable um, place I've ever been to. And Michael was a perfect host. Um, we had lunch. Uh, we watched movies in his uh, movie room, in his theatre. We played arcades in his arcade room. And he said, come back anytime. So I did. Every year, I used to go back to Neverland. And, uh, you know, Michael was a great person. Um, and, and from that point, the, the magazine just kept on growing and growing in circulation. It was now sold in um, WH Smiths and, and uh, news agents around the UK. Mm. And we had uh, 25,000 subscribers in 27 different countries. Yeah. So just from first getting rejected, if I go back to where it started, from getting a rejection from magazine publishers and TV companies and record labels, those rejections I turned into a positive by creating my own path, mm. my own route in the industry. And if it wasn't for those rejections, then I wouldn't have got to do my magazine. Yes. Um, I got to meet Michael Jackson and mm -hmm. everything else that followed. So sometimes when we get knockbacks or we get told no, sometimes that can be a, you know, a positive for us because maybe that's just not the right path for us, that's not it. the right time for us. <laughs> or, you know, from every failure we can, you know, there's been many failures and there's been many ups and downs from, every failure we can learn from those lessons. Yes. So don't ever feel down, don't ever feel too, I mean, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna feel down because you know, we strive for something, but that's not the end of the road. It's never the mm -hmm. end of the road. Um, yeah. and, and going 
So people saying, you know, don't do this, don't do that. My mum told me, go and get a normal job. Again, mm. I'm, I'm glad I stuck on, stuck on my path yes. and followed my dreams and followed my passions. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the message here. It's, a, it's really believing in yourself and be passionate about what you want to do. And like you said, Adrian, you will have knockbacks, but those knockbacks are for you to learn from and to grow from. And it's very yeah. much about keeping your eye on, you know, on your goals and yeah. um, just have unwavering faith and put that, that, that hard work in as well. Cause that, that goes hand in hand as well, but it's very much about keeping your eye on your, on your goal. Yeah. You've, you've had such an interesting career. Um, obviously after the magazine, you went on to publish two national magazines as well. Do you want to just very briefly kind of tell our listeners about your career path from um, producing the Michael Jackson fanzine. I am going to do a, another episode about careers and, and jobs. So, um, yeah, if you can give us a brief, a brief overview and then I can get you back to talk in more detail about each one. That's okay. Sure, sure. Um, so while still, while still doing the, um, the Michael Jackson fanzine off the wall, I started another magazine, which was a national magazine called Shades Magazine. Mm-hmm. And Shape was a, uh, it was kind of like a, a youth-led um, publication aimed at breaking down um, a race and culture and kind of like um, teaching the majorities about the minorities and trying to be more respectful and understanding of different cultures. Yeah. So I was really proud of that magazine. I think it was maybe um, 10 years too early, 15 years too early um, to work in this country. Um, but I'm, I'm most proud of that publication because it's something I strongly believed in and was really passionate about and still am, and uh, something I'm kind of like still tackling today, as we all are, and been highlighting with what's been going on in today's, um, you know, in today's uh, political climate with Black Lives Matters, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then obviously, um, you, sorry, and then obviously you went on to do sort of um, West End shows, didn't you? Would you like to tell our listeners about what, you know, what you're, what you're doing or what you've done? Yeah, so the, so the West End came about through the, the Michael Jackson um, magazine that I was doing. Yeah. Um, so we started a, an annual Michael Jackson day, which was around his birthday uh, back mm-hmm. in 1991. And fans from all over the UK, all over Europe, used to come to, uh, used to hire out a, a nightclub called Hammersmith Palais, which was in London. And around a thousand fans turned up for the first one. Some were dressed like Michael. We had dance competitions, singing competitions. Then we had a second annual Michael Jackson day, 1,500 fans turned up. And this happened every year. And um, in the 10th one, 2001 now, I hired Hammersmith Apollo. 3,000 fans came. Michael Jackson himself came to the, uh, to the show. He loved it. We had Damage performing, Showarama, London Gospel Choir, um, at over 100 performers on stage. And Michael said it was an incredible show. He loved it. He, he loved watching the young performers uh, impersonating him, et cetera, et cetera. And he said it was beautiful. And that kind of like gave me the inspiration to think, well, I could create a show not just for Michael's fans, but for the general public. Mamma mm. um, Mia had been successful for ABBA and uh, We Will Rock You had been successful for Queen. So I thought there needs to be a Michael Jackson stage show in the theatres. So that's when I had the idea for Thriller Live. And again, pretty much like the, the magazine journey, it was trial and error for me because I'd never produced a theatre show, a theatrical show before. Yeah. Um, I, I dived in at the deep end. Um, <laughs> I, I hired uh, the Dominion Theatre uh, mm-hmm. for, for one day only, and um, we rehearsed. I got a team of dancers together, and singers, and I had a, a great director and um, a great team behind me. And, that, and that's also important that um, 
I mean, I know you're going to talk about careers in another podcast. Yeah. But you work with is always really important. You can't do everything yourself. You've got, you know, you've got strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Things that you can't important to have other people kind of like surround you. Mm-hmm. So I had a great team behind me, and um, we we put on two great shows at the Dominion Theatre back in 2006. Yeah. And that was the first time Thriller Road Thriller Live hit the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, we toured a year later, went around Europe, and then in 2009 we opened in the West End, and that was like. Well, that was just unbelievable to, to go from where we'd started to opening in the West End in 2009. And we ran in the West End for 11 years. We only just stopped now due to the um, coronavirus. Yes. Um, but broke, we broke many records. We became the longest ever running show at the Lyric Theatre. And we're currently the 12th longest ever running musical ever in the West End. And the show's been seen in um, 37 different countries by over 5 million people. Gosh. So That's incredible, Adrian. That's incredible. Yeah. And um, I'm really proud of that. Oh, and so you should be. And so you should be. And, you know, you've gone on to do other, other sort of shows like, you know, Respect La Diva. You've done the Aretha Franklin songbook, you know. And I know you're doing lots of things. Um, you're doing lots, lots of charity work. And you've, you've launched a charity called the Visionary Arts Foundation, which, again, you know, you can just give us a brief overview about. But I'd love to know more about it, um, you know, sort of further down the, further down the line. And that's sure, more to I mean, empower, isn't it? It's sort of more of an in, to empower young adults. To... Yeah, the, the Visionary Arts Foundation, which I launched in um, 2018, is driven from um, wanting to use arts and media to inspire change and um, to look at social issues and, and to see how we can make a difference through film, through music, through literature, through mm. theatre and through digital media. Um, and, to, and to use those um, those platforms as 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 a as a, as a voice um, for change, for positive change against mm-hmm. racism, against um, you know uh, climate change, against uh, domestic abuse. Um, so all of these things can be affected by the media that we consume and the media that we watch. Yeah. And if you're a writer, if you're a producer, if you're a director, if you're a, an actor. Um, if, if, if you're a producer, you can um, use those platforms to make a difference. And there's mm. um, some great examples of that. And, and there's films, you know, there's films and there's music. Dave, for example, Dave the Rapper, you know, his, his song Black, we've done an award show, and his song Black won Song of the Year this year. Yeah. And that's an inspirational song. If you look at uh, our movies last year that we honored, um, Black Panther won Movie of the Year the previous year. Mm-hmm. And uh, just what that kind of depicted on the screen hadn't really been seen before and like celebrating a black superhero and, and painting Africa in such a positive, beautiful light. Mm. Um, they're the kind of changes that you can make through film, through music, yeah. through literature. And, you know, there's a saying that you are what you eat. We pretty mm. much are what we eat. Yes. You know, so, so, so reading, reading positive books, um, empowering yourself with knowledge is the greatest gift you can give yourself. Definitely. And that's part of what, you know, the ethos or the visionary honours is about. Mm-hmm. It's about educating and inspiring, isn't it? And yeah, personal absolutely. development and, and just kind of believing in yourself. Because as you've said, you know, you've come from such, from humble beginnings to look, look what you're doing now. You're just, you know, you're doing great, great things. And that's such an in, inspiration in itself, Adrian. You know, it's, it's just, that's, you've got such an incredible journey. And it just well, shows, I, I, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, what you're doing now, reaching out to, to young people is so important because, you know, the young people, and it's I mean, a bit of a cliche, but the young people are our future, you know, they are the next generation. And I'm, yeah. I'm so inspired 
and by the work of the young creatives that I see, it's like, it's incredible. I see 16 year olds, 17 year olds, 18 year olds with their phones making video, making outstanding videos. Yeah. And um, my own daughter, she's just a genius with um, her animation and everything. And mm. like, you know, on one side, technology can be kind of like all consuming, but but on a positive side, technology can allow us to create such wonderful things as well. Absolutely. And, um, I think it's really important that um, young people take the opportunity that's in front of them within the arts and media and other industries mm-hmm. and uh, get on board and do what they can for themselves. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, do you, how do you reset in like times and, and sort of stress and pressure? Because obviously you're in that, in the business where uh, the pressure is quite high, you know, you're working at such stressful levels is there anything that you do to kind of reset yourself and to rebalance yourself um i think first and foremost i've always tried to do work and projects that i'm passionate about so i'm lucky that i don't really see my job as as work or stress Mm -hmm. um like producing for the live or producing the aretha franklin uh show they were that was that was joy and pleasure for me in mm. terms of yeah, my work. But their their projects I enjoy just watching those performers on stage, watching those singers, um, you know, sing those songs and stuff. It's just wow. It's it's almost it's like a privilege. Yeah. So I think it's important to do work that that you enjoy and that you're yeah. passionate about. Mm. That will help you know some of the stress for sure. Yeah. And, and switching off, you can't you can't work twenty four seven. So it's important to switch off. I love music. Um, I love to just listen to, to a whole range of different music and I love to escape in movies. Um, I find inspiration in movies, but just yeah. putting on a good, a good film, a good comedy or a good adventure, a good drama. Um, and, uh, you know, just losing myself in that is, mm-hmm. is, is good. Yeah. And away from that, just Zen, just tranquility, um, be it, be it nature, a walk in the woods, yes. um, countryside, mm-hmm. or just, you know, turn your lights off, and just chilling to some good kind of like um, tranquility, some tranquil music. Yeah, and it is very much about just being present, isn't it? It's just being, just just being still and just turning off all the noise because we're living in now, you know, times where it's just noise everywhere, whether it's your phone, whether it's your, you know, your iPad, it's just kind of switching yes. all those things off. And like you said, Adrian, it's just escaping into nature, just going for a little walk and just being present with yourself. And it's amazing when you yeah. do find yourself in that, you know, in that position or you just switch off, you know, you become a little bit more creative and, and more w- with yourself um, and knowing yourself and, and being in tuned with yourself. So it's just kind of getting rid of all that noise and just being at one with yourself and just knowing uh-huh. that you're, you're, um, you're big, whatever stress or what pressure you're going through, it's it's you're bigger than that and just remembering you're bigger than that and what you're creating whatever it's stress or anything and whatever it is it's in your head so if you just kind of get away from all that stress and all that pressure all of that will kind of diminish as well um so yes you've you've definitely made an important point there um i think um i mean on that point what you just summed up there as well is within my favorite um my favorite poem is a poem called desiderata and I, I ask everybody watching to or listening to to um, if they don't know that poem to, to Google it and and to read the verses of, of this poem. Um, yeah. and, it, and it starts with um, the line going placidly amid the noise and the haste. And that noise and the haste is what you just talked about. And it's yeah. even more present 
nowadays nowadays because everything is so around us as you said all the time we're constantly, you know, we're constantly surrounded by uh, the news and social media and it's not it's not a happy place right now or that you know the, the pandemic and uh, and the economy so mm. it is important from that yeah absolutely um who was the most influential influential person in your life and what was the biggest lesson they taught you mm, um i think first and foremost my my my, my family my mum and dad they're the most influential people in my life um just the love they've given me and uh the the discipline they've taught me and the the respect to to give others i think that's the most influential um they're the most influential people in my life first and foremost um you know being being kind and giving to other people yeah. is um is what uh, i hold most dear to my heart so that's mm -hmm. um, i've learned that from my parents um beyond that i would say um just just life itself just the universe itself i mean it's going to sound a bit like i'm a hippie or something very fairy but but, <laughs> but the, i think the biggest i mean some people may see it see it as as God being their biggest inspiration. For me, I see it as the universe mm -hmm. being my um, biggest inspiration, just life itself and being grateful for everything that we have. Every single morning we wake up, you know, with new hope and new mm -hmm. possibility. Yes. And, uh, you know, just the world that we live in is such a beautiful place. Mm. Um, so that's my biggest kind of like inspiration and yeah. all the opportunities that it gives you. Yeah, that's such a beautiful 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 point um what accomplishments are you proud i mean you've accomplished a lot so it might be hard for you to answer this question but what accomplishments are you most proud of and what is your next biggest goal um i think we talked about thrill alive and that opening in the west end yeah i think i'm most proud of the fact that i think i've created everything i've had to pretty much create everything myself made opportunities nothing's mm -hmm. ever been given to me um, you know, you have to, you know, you have to do this yourself. You have to make the mark yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm most proud of that. And I've been true to myself. Um, mm -hmm. I've always done things that I, I believe in. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm most proud of that. I think I've still got a long way to, to go to, to, there's lots more I'd like to do and uh, mm -hmm. to achieve. I'm still learning. And um, I'd like to produce more musicals. I'd like to produce um, TV and films. And they're the things I'm now working on. And uh, hopefully in the next uh, within the next year, my next project will be out there in the marketplace. Fantastic, fantastic. What would you say to your 13, 18 and 21 year old self? <laughs> um, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, 13, 18 and 21 year old self. I think, um, wow, just to, to, to be yourself and yeah. um, to be yourself, to, to, to enjoy life and, and be happy um, and to just believe in your dreams, whatever your dreams are, whatever you want to be at, at 13, yeah. at 18, at 21, um, you know, if, if you want, if don't, don't get told you can't do something. Yes. If you want to be, um, if you want to be a scientist, if you want to be an engineer, if you want to be a doctor, you want to mm -hmm. be a nurse, um, you know, follow, follow those uh, dreams and, um, and really apply yourself to those to those uh those dreams as well but i think for myself it would just be to um yeah just uh just reach 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 for the reach for the stars for sure i mean i um mm -hmm. it wasn't until i think when i left it wasn't until i got my rejection letters um when i was uh 18 
from uh, the various companies that I thought I'd really kind of like go and do something myself. I'd looked up to Richard Branson, I remember when I was younger, because Richard Branson was a, was, a, was a great entrepreneur and he had started with a magazine and then he'd created uh, the, the record label and the, and, the, and the shops and everything. And I'd always been inspired by Richard Branson, kind of like entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a black role models, um, business role models when I was growing up. Uh, we had uh, we had many sports heroes like John Barnes. I loved football, and I was inspired by John Barnes as a footballer. But I, you know, I didn't really see many um, black business role models at the time. But that's changed now, kind of like thirty years later. Yeah, there's so many fantastic black business people mm-hmm. in the uh, in our community that um, I look up to, yes. and yeah, them are doing so much, so much great work um, mentoring um, young people, which is fantastic. Yeah, and there's so many platforms now. I mean, like YouTube. I mean, God, there's there's, there's endless tutorials out there. Um, there's, yes. there's, <laughs> there's great um, sort of inspirational, motivational people out there that you can follow or tap into. So we're definitely living in interesting and, um, yeah, informative times. And it's very much, you know, it's just making sure that you use those channels in a positive way. You know, there's a lot of negative way things out there, but it's just, it's really homing in onto those positive channels and making yourself, um, yeah, grow, grow um, in in the right way and the most positive way. Um, what legacy? Absolutely. I think. Sorry, sorry, Adrian. No, sorry, carry on. No, go for it. No, go oh, for I, it. I, I can just, I can just talk that, and I talk. I think it's really important is um, to visualize. Ooh, I think. <laughs> No, I was going to say, um, I think one of the things I like to do or just I've always done is just visualize. Um, if you can visualize something, if you can visualize yourself as a, uh, as a doctor or as a scientist, for myself, I've always, you know, if I've got an idea for a show, I can visualize the, the bigger picture of that show. I can see it at the end, the end goal. I can see exactly what it's going to look like mm. on stage. I can see everything before I've even, even started uh, producing it yeah and i think it's very important whatever you're doing in life to better mm-hmm. visualize that and then mm-hmm. work towards it everything will come towards you from that visualization yeah right energy right people um and just work towards that but have yeah, definitely have a goal have dreams and have a and have a visual in your head that you yeah. can see and that'll come to you yeah definitely and just going back to visualization it is the i think the process is here is is knowing that you've already got it or you're already there, you're already living it, you know, when you're visualizing it. And I think that's the key thing is visualizing it and knowing that you're, you're already there, although, you know, you can't see it, but it's just believing that you're living it and you're, yeah, and, and, and you, you are going to get it. So I think visualization is a very important tool to, to do. And like you said earlier, yeah. you know, you are going to get knockbacks, but those not ma- but those knockbacks doesn't mean that it's not that r- the right path for you to get to that to that goal. It's just all about that le- about you learning and picking yourself yeah. up and um, yeah, and doing the right thing, doing the right thing. Um, I'm nearly there, Adrian. I've just got a couple more questions for you. What legacy or impact would you like to leave? Um. When I started working in entertainment, it was just to entertain people and to inspire people and to strike an emotion in people, whether that be through laughter, um, through thought, or to inspire change. And uh, so hopefully my legacy will be one that 
entertained people and I think with Thrill Alive we've done that we've like I said we've been to all around the world we've been to, to China we've been to Singapore Australia Abu Dhabi and, and we've been to South Africa and every time we take that show out and I, I look out and I see everybody enjoying the show I think fantastic they, they come they've enjoyed themselves for two hours yeah and that, that means a lot to me so entertaining people is fantastic mm. um, and that may be through the visionary arts foundation it may be through other work I do in the future, but to inspire change. And uh, my motto at the beginning of this year was to imagine change. Um, that's something we tag along with the Visionary Arts Foundation. Um, and by imagine change, I'm, I mean that, you know, for us each individually to be the change that we want to see in the world. Mm. Uh, um, so if I can create a change, if I can inspire one person, a thousand people, whatever it may be, to create a positive change, Yes. Um, then, I'll be, then I'll be happy. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's such a powerful, powerful legacy. Powerful, powerful legacy. And you're doing that now. And yeah, I can imagine you impacting more and more people to come, Adrian. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful point. What message would you like to leave our listeners today? The most important message you'd like to leave? Yeah, um, just... Um, I think to, to, to be yourselves, to be, to be genuine, to be kind, and uh, mm. just to be yourselves mainly. I think there's, um, if, we're, if we were all ourselves and all unique, then I think there'd be a lot more, a more peaceful world. We don't have to be to the, you know, we don't have to join this group, we don't have to be in that group. It's just, we have to just be ourselves. And we, and we all are, we're, we're born kind. You know? yeah. we're, all, we're all good people. You know, we can be influenced by the wrong thing sometimes. Yeah. We can be living on a path which is not the right path for us. Um, but if we remember our true selves, and mm -hmm. that is, you know, we're born a good person. We are kind people, and we should be genuine towards other people. Be honest, be helpful, and be true mm -hmm. to ourselves. Yes. And uh, who, whoever you are in your heart, be that person. Oh, well, that's beautiful, and that's such a a great message to end the show, Adrian. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I could just go on, on and on and no, you're welcome. You're, you know, I will definitely, if you, you know, if you would love to come back on my show, cause there's so many different topics that I'd like to cover. Um, so yeah, cause yeah, I think you're, you're great and you've had such an interesting story and I know you've got more to give. So yeah, thank you. I hope that was okay. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. No, 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 no. And um, no, that you were absolutely, absolutely great. And listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you got as much value out of this conversation as much as I did. Um, if you want to hear more inspirational stories or content, please keep tuning in or follow me on Instagram. This is Carol Oakley. Peace and blessings to you all.